Hi, this is David Mattin and you're listening to New World Same Humans number 89, Hoping for a Miracle, published on the 7th of November 2021. You can find the links included in this instalment and a link to the text version on the New World Same Humans article page where this podcast is embedded. So, let's go. Human activity is causing deep, irreversible damage to the earth. A mountain of good science tells us so. But what is our knowledge of all this doing to the collective human psyche? How is the climate crisis affecting us psychologically and spiritually? This week saw a new report on attitudes to climate change. The report celebrates the idea that most people still believe we can solve global warming. At first hearing, that seems sensible enough. It's great and useful that people still have hope, right? I wonder if things are a bit more complicated. Sounds a strange thought? Listen on. How does the climate crisis make you feel? The study of climate despair is relatively new. In 2015, the social scientist René Lertzman published a foundational text in the field, Environmental Melancholia, and David Wallace Wells's 2019 book, The Uninhabitable Earth, was widely believed at the time to have prompted a new wave of climate despair among its readers. Now, there's a growing effort to interrogate global heating as a collective psychological crisis. I can't help wondering, though, about one of the principal assumptions on which this effort is founded. A prime example of that assumption came this week. Working with global market research firm Ipsos, creative agency Futera Solutions Union published the Solution Survey, a report that asks... Does the world still believe we can solve climate change? A full 19,520 adults were surveyed across 27 countries. Futera says that 17% of respondents were strong optimists who believe that humanity is able to solve climate change and we're going to do so. Meanwhile, 41% were soft optimists who believe we have the power to reduce climate change, but that it's unclear whether we will act. Two observations. First, while the report's title talks about solving climate change, it seems the respondents were asked about reducing it. The report doesn't define reduce. Second, Futera's definition of soft optimists stretches the word optimism to near breaking point. The belief that we can reduce climate change, but I'm not sure we'll get our act together and actually do it, is not all that optimistic. It's hard to avoid the conclusion that the authors of this report want to stress a particular angle here. That is the idea that optimism is still alive. Most people believe we can solve this thing. And that's no surprise, given that Futera bills itself a change agency founded in the belief that telling positive stories about our response to climate change can play a crucial role in bringing about the further action that's needed. I don't want to appear unduly critical of Futera. The report is a worthy and interesting piece of work, and there's no doubting the agency's sincerity. 
I wonder, though, about the assumption that underlies the report, an assumption shared by almost everyone who works in the field. That is, that climate despair is to be discouraged and hope is our best friend. Futera's work has been timed to coincide with the ongoing COP26, and looking at its conclusions in the light of events at the summit leads us to some interesting places. The messaging around COP26 has focused relentlessly on the 1.5 degrees target set in Paris in 2015. But modelling in the wake of this week's new emissions pledges shows that they put us on track only to keep warming under 2 degrees. 2 degrees of warming means a substantially degraded environment and a catastrophe for tens of millions of people who live in the planet's most vulnerable locations. And remember, we'll only get there if the pledges made this week are adhered to by every relevant national government forever. The reality is that the 1.5 degrees target is slipping out of reach. The UN admitted as much in a 2018 analysis. Belief in end times is nothing new, but no human society in history has ever had so much belief buttressed by so much empirical evidence. The question that Futera and others interested in climate despair seek to answer is, what is the best collective psychological response to these unique circumstances? Mainstream opinion says hope. And the logic that fuels this conclusion appears unimpeachable. To let go of hope is to admit defeat. And if we admit defeat, that will invite inaction. We need to keep hope alive or we'll do nothing. The thing is, there's no good evidence for that set of assumptions. They are widely believed because they make superficial sense. No one acts on a cause they already believe to be lost. But human behaviour, and especially human collective behaviour, is rarely sensical in that way. Reason can point one way, humans are still perfectly liable to go another. That leads us to a radical idea. What if hope, at least of the kind commonly encouraged today, is not the best answer? What if we need instead to admit some form of defeat? What if that will help us work through the collective psychological and spiritual crisis caused by climate change and to find new forms of action? This feels a dangerous thought, so I want to be clear. I'm not saying we should admit defeat on climate change and then do nothing. I'm wondering aloud whether admitting a form of defeat could be, paradoxically, the spur that leads us both to new action and new ways to meet what lies ahead with resilience. What would this look like? Much of this hinges on the crucial recognition that admitting some form of defeat doesn't mean telling ourselves that all hope is lost and so we may as well do nothing. That is black and white thinking brought to bear on a situation that contains many shades of grey. Instead, we could concede that the systems, technological, economic and social, that fuel climate change are so entrenched that we cannot overturn them entirely, at least not fast enough to meet the 1.5 degrees target and avoid a significantly degraded Earth. 
we could find ways to enact a period of collective grieving for what we've already lost and will lose in future, natural environments, plants and animals, ways of life, and allow that collective reckoning, a psychological and spiritual reassessment of the crisis we're living through, to lead us to an atonement in the form of new mindsets and collective behaviours, including those that lend us the strength to take whatever action we can and to support one another through what lies ahead. It's a strange idea that admitting a form of defeat may lead us to renewed determination and new action, but we don't have to choose between all-is-lost paralysis and false hope. Perhaps it's only in a collective recasting of our psychological relationship to climate change that we find the strength to act. After all, so far we failed even to articulate a plan that will limit heating to 1.5 degrees. The optimism we've cultivated has not translated into action. Perhaps if we truly stare this crisis in the face and admit the ways we've already failed, that can change. Seen this way, what I'm suggesting isn't really about defeat. It's a call to be truthful about the kind of victory still available to us. If we inhabit that truth, could we find a new strength? This is a subject fraught with complexity, and the out ideas I outline here are more a kind of thought experiment than they are a set of firm conclusions, and I'll be writing more on all this soon. In the meantime... I'm intrigued to hear what you in the New World Same Humans community thinks about our prospects for managing climate change and on the question of hope versus realism. If you'd like to have your say, then join us in the New World Same Humans Slack group. And all you have to do is navigate back to the article page where this podcast is embedded and you'll find a link to that group. Strange Dreams Thanks for listening this week. In the 2020s, impending ecological collapse will produce strange new collective psychological and spiritual deformations. It's yet another case of new world, same humans. This newsletter will keep investigating and there's one thing you can do to help with that mission and that's share. So if this week's instalment resonated with you, why not take a second to forward the email to one person, a friend, family member or colleague who'd also find it valuable or share New World Same Humans across one of your social networks and let people know why you think it's worth their time. All you have to do is navigate back to the article page where this podcast is embedded and hit the share button. I'll be back as usual on Wednesday with New Week Same Humans. Until then, be well.